Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So here we are, just in the blink of an eye, halfway through 2023. So it's only fitting that I hop in just to give you guys a quick economic update and let you know how the year has transpired so far and some key things to look out for over the next six months. Again, before we go any further, I'd like to remind you all that you can learn much more by subscribing to this podcast wherever you tune into podcasts or check out our YouTube channel. And also, don't forget to check out my new book right behind me, What Should I Do With My Money? Economic Insights to Build Wealth Amid Chaos. It's sure to put you on the fast track to creating wealth in its original meaning, a state of well-being. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. But without further ado, how are we doing so far this year? So looking into 2023, I know a lot of folks and investors out there would have been happy if they could just see that their portfolio was no longer in the red. They probably didn't expect that we would have had this nice of a beginning six month span. So through June 30th of this year, the S&P 500 was up 15.91%. That's its best first half since 2019. And the tech-heavy NASDAQ really led the way with a 31.73% return. They haven't had a rally like that since 1983. And then gold, to look at something a little different, it's often seen as the safe haven in times of volatility, has brought about a modest 5.27% return over the first six months of the year. And then oil, which was really the only winner of a sector, if you will, in 2022, uh, you know, there was the duo again of Russian hostility, you know, really kind of putting a, a cramp on the supply chain for global oil. And then we had the Fed rate hikes as aggressive as they were last year. And oil, which did so well in 2022, is down in the first half of 2023 by about 12.47%. All right, so that's just a quick snapshot of some of the key sectors there to keep in mind. And for you stock pickers out there, it's certainly been an interesting first half of the year in which trash became treasure as we transitioned from 2022 to 2023. So what do I mean by that? Companies such as NVIDIA, the uh, famous chip maker, Meta, you know, also known as Facebook to many, Carnival Cruise Lines, and Royal Caribbean have all boasted over 100% returns in the first half of 2023. Apple has also continued its epic climb as its market cap eclipsed $3 trillion at the end of last month. And then bringing up in the rear in the S&P 500 was Advanced Auto Parts, which is actually down 54% year to date. All right, so that's uh, what some of the stocks and notables out there have been doing. And of course, in the first six months of this year, I would say the most frightening news out there for investors probably revolved around the banking sector. Okay, if you recall, we watched Silicon Valley Bank or SVB, uh, Signature Bank and First Republic all close their doors. Again, they were victims of bank runs, which were spurred by social media rumors um, starting with Silicon Valley Bank, and also having capital reserves that were ill-prepared for such quick Fed rate hikes. So that may have been scary for some, 
uh, really hit some of the, the midsize and small banks out there. However, the Federal Reserve just completed their annual stress test. And what that is, is they test the 23 largest banks in America. They did this on June 28th. And the good news, all the banks passed that stress test. Furthermore, they also did an exploratory market shock, which involved uh, using inflation and rising interest rates and what the effects would be on these banks. And all the banks withstood this additional shock. So what the stress tests ultimately prove is that these large banks are well positioned to weather a recession and that they'd be able to continue lending to businesses and households, even in a quote unquote severe recession. Again, that's from the Federal Reserve Board's annual stress test. So what has happened so far over the past couple of years? Uh, for many of you listeners and viewers out there, I'm sure it's not much of a surprise, but the markets have really moved largely in line with the Fed's commands. We had those very aggressive rate hikes in 2022 that really hit the stock market, also really crushed the bond market at the same time. And the biggest losers were some of those growth stocks, especially like in the tech sector, some of the ones that so far this year have really been rallying. However, in 2023, we've had a slightly softer tone from the Fed. And in June, there was the first pause in quite some time. And I think that's what's really led to the market's outperformance in these first six months. So that's a recap on what we've seen in the first half. But what are we looking for in the second half of 2023? So I think, again, if the Fed is really a guide of the markets in recent memory, we fortunately have the Fed's latest minutes from the June meeting were released earlier this week on July 5th. And that can give us perhaps a bit of a glimpse into the future. So bear in mind, though, that these minutes that uh, everybody's digesting right now are from the Fed's June 13th and 14th meeting. Uh, so that that is uh, a few weeks stale now, if you will. And just to provide some context there, their meeting in June occurred amid persistently high core inflation, uh, the resolution of the U.S. debt limit. I know to some that seems like a distant memory, um, but that was resolved. Increasing wage growth. All right. So wages aren't going up as quickly as they were in 2022, but they are still climbing and a very, very tight labor market. Uh, if you look at the May numbers for unemployment, it was just 3.7%, all right? So that's still lingering. And rising equity prices led primarily by some of the mega cap, mega cap stocks, so some of the biggest companies out there. Now, what is the Fed thinking amid that scenario that I just described in June? So the open market desks surveys of primary dealers and market participants showed a higher peak policy rate than the May meeting. And respondents assigned a 60% probability for the peak being higher than the current rate that we have. So in other words, that essentially indicates that there could be some more rate hikes in the second half of this year. They also said in their minutes that they see a recession as likely, but neither deep nor prolonged. All right, so you have some kind of good news and bad news there. Uh, real gross domestic product, or GDP, expanded at a modest pace in the second quarter. And like I said, the labor markets continue to be extremely tight. And that all along the way has really been what has prevented the technical definition of a recession 
and has given the Fed some of the comfort or the ammunition to say, you know what, we can keep raising hikes. We have a strong economy, particularly if we're looking at labor participation. And then the Fed unanimously agreed that they need to continue to pursue their inflation target of 2%. So while we're definitely bringing inflation down versus where it was a year ago today, um, we're still quite a bit higher than that target rate, hence the hinting at further rate hikes. So it's worth noting that the novelty of this goal here in a modern economy uh, is unique. It is novel. Uh, and what I'm referring to, again, is that 2% inflation rate, uh, the target versus where we're at today. And why do I say that? Prior to the end of 2021, the annual CPI or consumer price index never reached 4% in the 21st century. All right. So if you think about where we were for such a long time of very low or actually no inflation over the prior 20 years, and then what reared its head in 2021 and, of course, through all of last year with inflation peaking, you know, at over 9% last June, um, we haven't seen this in decades. And that's why the, the target rate of 2% seems out of reach, uh, you know, as we continue to have that, that battle against inflation. So just some couple other things to keep in mind, too, of what the Fed may be thinking. Uh, supply chain issues that initially contributed to that a lot of that inflation have largely been resolved. Uh, like I said, the price of oil uh, has come down substantially. Energy prices have come down to an extent. China has reopened their economy, uh, which is a good thing to help our supply chain. Um, but the thing to keep in mind, too, is the trillions of dollars of stimulus that really created so much of this runaway inflation has yet to fully wear away. And as the Fed raises interest rates and they, they stop their quantitative easing, they can't just go back to the American people and to business owners and request those trillions of dollars of stimulus back now that the economy is moving in the right direction. So it takes time to, to kind of get our hands back around inflation. So in summary, you know, investors know how painful these rapid fire interest rate hikes of 0.5% or 0.75% at a time can be. Uh, we felt it in the markets and in portfolios last year. So the question I think on investors' minds for the second half of 23 is going to be these perhaps sporadic and, and much more modest rate hikes of the quarter point variety are they going to be enough to, to stop or reverse a rallying stock market? And that's what we're going to have to wait and see. Um, the fear of this recession, I think, has largely subsided. Uh, so that, that kind of takes away a little bit of the sting. Um, but if the economy were to slow down further and unemployment were ever to, to creep up a little bit, on the other hand, the Fed might see their mission as complete and, and kind of retreat as the enemy right now to the stock market. Um, so that's kind of the yin and yang of, you know, the recession or no recession and how the Fed could react to that data. Um, a couple of things just to kind of think about as we move into the second half. Uh, we've had a inverted yield curve for over a year now. Uh, what that means is that long term yields, which are traditionally higher, uh, are actually lower than short term yields in the bond market. Um, as of July 7th, as I'm airing this for you folks out there, the one-year treasury has a yield of 5.4% or 5.43 to be exact, 
versus a 10-year treasury at 4.04%. So that inverted yield curve is typically indicative of some pessimism, uh, some risk aversion by investors out there, and that they don't know really what to do with their long-term money, and hence the demand for longer-term yield uh, and being able to have a low yield that people are still comfortable taking as a trade-off just to be safe. And then some key dates coming up real quick, uh, July 12th. All right, so a week away, we're going to have the next CPI report. So we'll see, is inflation continuing to fall down? And then uh, July 26th, we'll have our next Fed rate decision. So will we continue a pause or might we have another quarter point as summer's debating? And uh, what's that going to do to the stock market? So I know I rambled through quite a bit of information there. If you have to give this an episode, one more listen. I tried to keep it short and sweet and to the point, but that is your halftime report of 2023. Let's make sure that we continue to stay informed for the second half of this year as we pursue wealth and its original meaning, a state of well-being. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are to the Kaderna podcast. Please subscribe, leave us a review. And again, don't forget to check out my new book, What Should I Do With My Money? We'll see you next time. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Phone number 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.